Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. If you're in the Orlando area, we hope you're able to join us for one of our services. Please check out faithassembly.org for more information or follow us on social media at faithORL. We hope this message will be an inspiration to help you find all that God has for your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. Amen. Well, it's my privilege now to introduce um, our guest speaker tonight. Pastor Jeremy Dunn has been a friend of mine for a long, long time. We have sat across the table and talked ministry and talked family. And I'm telling you, uh, this man has a tender heart after God. I have been impressed with him for a lot of years. About 10 years ago, he planned a church over in Winter Garden. Uh, that church now is known as uh, Kingdom Culture Church. And I'm, God is doing amazing things through his ministry, him and his wife, Missy, and their three boys. Uh, I tell you what, man, it is, it is great to see the way God is using them there. So we're excited. We're honored to have him tonight. Faith, can we give Pastor Jeremy Dunn a real faith assembly welcome as he comes tonight to minister? Why don't you stand to your feet and just lift your hands if you love him? I wonder if there's anybody tonight that can say God's been good to you. Has he been good to your family? Has he been good to your marriage? Come on, let's just praise him one more time. For the Lord is good. I said for the Lord is good. Come on, he's better than your sickness. He's better than your storm. He's better than your problem. He's better than whatever it is that you're facing, for the Lord is good. Somebody needs to be reminded tonight that God is on your side and that God is good. He's a good father. He's a great father. He's a loving father. I still believe he's the God of the Bible. I still believe he's a miracle worker. I still believe that faith can activate heaven to move on earth in such a way that it is immeasurable. I believe that tonight miracle signs and wonders are going to take place place in this house for those that believe if you came tonight with a need will you just lift your hands toward heaven come on lift them high toward heaven say father I need you come on now you just before I preach you're gonna get to hear me talk a lot but let the father hear you right now just take the next 30 seconds and sing a love song to him thank you Jesus Lord you are so good Lord you are so good there's nobody like you, King Jesus. There's nobody like you, King Jesus. Lord, we stop right here and worship you. Can't nobody do me like Jesus can. Can't nobody heal me like Jesus can. Lord, I've learned to trust in you. I've learned to trust you in the storm. I've learned to trust you in the valley. I've learned to trust you when things are good, and I've learned to trust you when things are bad. Lord, for I know that I'll never see the righteous forsaken or its seed begging for bread. So I put my faith, my trust, and my hope in you tonight. And we bless you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. You know, why don't you go ahead and get seated? Normally, I like to have you stand for the reading of God's Word, but tonight we're just going to jump right into this. Um, as Pastor Johnny said, I am married, been married for 15 years to a good woman. 
And she is dealing right now with this other thing that we do called baseball. And so we got three beautiful boys. They are absolutely crazy, but they are beautiful boys. And God has been good to me. And you know, there's one thing that I've found in life is that no matter what it is that you're going through, you have a lot to be thankful for. I said, you've got a lot to be thankful for. Matter of fact, you're sitting in a church that I do want to honor tonight. Uh, Pastor Carl, I do thank you for what you have done for a generation. I whisper to you, we bless you. But I do believe that as a young man, I need to say this publicly, what I said to you privately, and I want to thank you for building a ladder for my generation to climb upon. To you and your precious wife, we thank you and we honor you. Pastor Johnny and you and Jamie, thank you for showing us what faithfulness looks like. Thank you for showing us what it means to be steadfast, to honor, to submit. And in this house, you are in a good place. This is a fruitful place. Matter of fact, I was going to save this to the end, but Pastor Johnny, if you don't mind, if you and Pastor Jamie could just stand to your feet, if you don't mind for a second, I don't mean to embarrass you or call you out, but... Um, I do want to speak this over you as I was praying. This is not an opportunity just to preach. This is a prophetic assignment, I believe, tonight. And I went before the Lord on the carpet on your behalf. And I said, Lord, what would you have me say to Pastor Johnny in front of this house that he now leads? And the Lord spoke very clearly to me in this vision. I saw a mantle falling from heaven, as we see with Elijah and Elisha. And this mantle wasn't just the mantle of great communication, great leadership, great preaching, because we know all of those things that both of you are. But this was a mantle, and on the mantle was written the word Father. And on the mantle was written the word Mother. And the Lord would have you know tonight that this city needs you, that you are a father and a mother in this city. You are a spiritual father and a spiritual mother in this city. And there's more in you than you ever thought. I saw you, I saw the the number 19, the number 29, 39, and 49. I think you're beyond 49, but just barely, just a little bit. And there were decades worth of prayers that in the next 36 months are going to come to pass. Decades worth. Very specifically one at 19. There was something at 19 that you cried out to God for. And the Lord would say to you that it's coming to pass in the next three years. Can we thank God for your pastors? Amen. All right. If you have your Bibles, turn with me in your Bibles to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33. Come on. How many of you know if you read the Bible, it'll talk to you? When you ain't got a preacher, when you ain't got a prophet, when you don't have an apostle, if you'll open that word, come on, somebody, it will talk to you. Amen? Amen. Exodus 33, this is the cry of Moses, and this will be our bedrock text tonight that we're going to work around inside of the cycle of favor. Uh, this text, you may hear me cry. I'm a very passionate preacher. I'm very emotional. You may hear me weep some tonight because this text hit me at one of the hardest places that I've ever been in my life. I was, my wife and I were going through a great storm. We were going through great pain, a betrayal that, that it's, it's hard for me to even describe. And the Lord gave me this text. And this was birthed out of a wounded place, out of a hurting place. And so tonight I bring this to you with great passion and great conviction. This is the cry of Moses. The Bible says, now therefore I pray, Moses says, 
please show me your ways that I may know you and that I may find your favor, that I may find favor in your sight. And the Bible says that from there, the Lord looks at Moses and says, you have found my favor. He said, now tell me what it is that you want. And at that moment, Moses made a transition to realize that this was less about favor and more about the glory of God. And in that moment, Moses began to cry out and he said, Lord, show me thy glory. That is our prayer tonight. The Bible says in Psalms 30 that his anger is but for a moment, but his favor is for a lifetime. How many of you want to see the glory of God in your life? Amen. Now, church, let, let me tell you this. Thank you for the sweet Jesus music. So we pray for your fingers now because I love sweet Jesus music. So you might play a whole lot tonight. Y'all give it up for the ivory player. Y'all give it up for him. Church, let me tell you tonight that you are the bride of Christ. How many of you know that you're the bride of Christ? And there's a reason that in, in Scripture, keep playing with me now. Keep playing. Yeah, we're still in the sweet Jesus moment, okay? We're, in the, we're still in that moment. And, and you are called the bride for a reason because one thing that every bride has in common is a womb. You have a spiritual womb that is designed to birth the kingdom of God here on the earth. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your womb was designed to house the favor of God. God designed the bride in such a way that you could handle his favor so that the world could taste and see that he is good. It is the favor of God in you that is going to draw the wor world toward him. And everything that happens on the earth must come through a seed, a seed inside of a womb. Anytime the kingdom of darkness wants to do something on the earth, he uses the spiritual womb of humanity. Every time God wants to do something on the earth, God also uses a seed inside of the womb of humanity. Your womb, I want to tell you tonight, was not designed to house doubt. Your womb was not designed to house worry. Your womb was not designed to house anxiety. Your womb was not, I'm going to get to yours in just a minute. Your womb was not house designed to house addiction. Your womb was not designed to house sleepless nights. Your womb was designed to house the favor of God. And inside of that womb, as you birth the favor of God, that's where we see heaven on earth. You were designed to house the cycle of favor and live your life from glory to glory. How many of you want to live in this cycle? Let's pray. Lord, we love you. You're so good. Thank you. Thank you for your loving kindness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your peace. I thank you that in this house tonight, your favor will fall in an unprecedented way. Teach us your ways that we may know you and that we may find your favor. Lord, I know that you don't need man, but I need you tonight. I need your strength. I need your anointing. I need your glory. I pray that the words would go forth tonight clear and concise without stuttering or stammering and that it would divide the very bone and marrow from our being. Lord, show us your glory. Teach us your desires that we may live a life that pleases you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Why don't you slap your neighbor upside the back of the head and tell him the favor of God's on you. Come on, just slap him one time.
I just made a wife real happy. She said, I've been waiting to do this all week long. Just slap your husband upside the head and say, the favor's on you. Just prophesy to him. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, sir, playing the keyboard. Mr. Playing the keyboard, thank you. I'll have you back here in just a little bit. Amen. Somebody shout favor. favor. Now, in the Bible in Hebrew, chanan. Say chanan. Anytime you're in doubt when trying to speak Hebrew, just something. Okay? It makes you sound really smart. Hanan is the favor of God. I'm an old country boy from Nashville, Tennessee, so I don't even try to speak Hebrew. I just try to make it sound good. That's the favor of God. It literally means, in the Hebrew context, it means to stoop down low from up high. How many of you are thankful that you serve a God that reigns up high, but he's willing to get in your mess down low? Has God ever gotten in anybody's mess in this room? Has God ever picked you out of the mire? Clay. Come on, I know you wasn't born in church and here all your life. Is there anybody in this room that'll say you're thankful that God stooped down and got you? Now, when heaven stoops down and touches the earth, we call it favor. God calls it normal. We'll say this on this side of the room over here. We cry out for favor but God wants the bride to know that what you call favor, heaven calls normal. You said God favored me and healed me of cancer, and God said there was never cancer in heaven. You said God healed your marriage and put it back together, but there was never marital discord in heaven. We say favor, God says normal. And I declare over faith assembly today right here that the normal ways of heaven are about to invade this house. It's going to invade youth. It's going to invade college and young adults. It's going to invade Sunday mornings. I'm talking about favor in such a way that services shut down because the glory of God is moving in this house. God's desire is to take you from glory to glory and for you to never exit the cycle of favor. Or shall we say the cycle of normal? This is God's will for your life. And in this message, I want to identify where you are and help you on this cycle because everybody in this room, you are somewhere on the cycle of favor. Let's begin with number one. Y'all bear with my handwriting. Y'all know that preachers are like doctors. When under the anointing, we cannot write. And I cannot spell at all. That's why I went to preach. I wasn't smart enough to do anything else. Praise God. Number one. The need. How many of you got a need tonight in the room? The last two years has presented needs like no other years. Need to get a job, need to be well, need a breakthrough, need a mask, don't need a mask. I don't know. We need this, we need that. This last two years has presented us with many needs. But in the kingdom, your need is the beginning of the cycle of favor. So my need is not an issue, my need is an entrance. I feel like preaching. Y'all better, I got a little old time church in me and I, I, I feel like putting my man back up here and telling him to put the organ on that Northern Let's Have Church. <laughs> my need is not an issue. My need is the entrance. Yeah. 
I want to change your perspective of the need because so many of you raised your hands and said, I've got a need tonight. Your need is not your issue. Your need is your entrance into the cycle of God's favor. An interesting text in Philippians because Paul Paul understood that his need was not an issue. His need was an entrance. In Philippians chapter 13 and verse 12, Paul writes, I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound. He said, I know how to be rich and I know how to be poor. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of facing plenty. I've learned the secret of hunger. I've learned the secret of abundance. And I've learned the secret of being in need. Somebody say need. Need. Verse 13, you know this. Say it with me. I can do through Christ who strengthens me. In other words, Paul said in this text, my need led me to my king. He said, I've learned, how, I've learned the secret of my need. The secret of my need is I'm not going to worry even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to let the spirit of fear come upon me. I have an understanding that goodness and mercy are following me. I have an understanding that my need put me inside of the cycle. So we don't, as the church, the bride, the womb, we understand that we house the favor of God. So we don't look at needs as an issue. We don't identify needs like the world identified need. The world gets depressed when they have a need. Not the church. No, because you don't know who my daddy is. You don't know who our father. The world gets filled with anxiety, but the church says, no, he's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, in a sound mind. So therefore, it must mean that my need is not a problem, it's a privilege. Every need you have, is a privilege to get inside of God's cycle of favor. My need is just God's door into my life. Somebody needs to hear that. Somebody tonight, you're struggling. You don't even know if you were going to come tonight. Your need is God's entrance. I want to talk to some people that has a need in your life right now. You have been privileged and favored. Pastor, there's no way. Yes, because this is God's entrance into your life. So your need really isn't a need. Your storm really isn't a storm. You think it's a storm because the world taught you to identify it like that. The world taught you, the culture of the earth taught you to reframe the way that you look at your problem and identify it as something bad. So you've been walking around in your house cursing the atmosphere by talking about how awful things are instead of professing by faith this is God's opportunity to come. I know you got a bad doctor's report, but this is Jehovah Rapha's opportunity to come up into a situation and heal your sick body. I want to stir faith in the room tonight for you to begin to believe like you've never believed. I know you've got lack, but Jehovah Jireh's coming in on the backside of your lack. I'm not going to process this like the world processes it. Yeah, I'm a cut above. Because behind the wind, behind the waves, behind the struggle is a hidden opportunity to get in God's cycle of favor. So your need positions you in the cycle of God's favor. But pastor, this hurts. But this hurts. You may be in the balcony tonight saying, but this hurts. I don't know that you understand. Listen, baby, I know that it's hard. But when God does his thing, you're going to come out of this thing not even smelling like smoke. When God does his thing, you're going to have a testimony. Now, 
Now watch this as we move forward. When I was studying this, I just absolutely wept. And I mean physically wept. I, I'm the kind of preacher that, it, I'm not a professional preacher, if you can't already tell by now. I'm not a professional communicator. So if I don't live it, I can't preach it. If it's not rhema for me, I don't know how to get up here. This is not a job for me, this is a calling. And as I studied this text, I began to weep. Now remember, I was in one of the most difficult seasons in my life that I may get to here in a little bit. I was in one of the most difficult seasons of my life. And, and I was, as I was studying, I just began to cry because I realized that at the end of the day, the need simply reminds the bride how much she needs the groom. My need just reminded me how much I need the groom. So your need was just a setup for intimacy. The groom used your need to draw you into his bedchamber. So my need, number two, led me to my seek. Somebody say, seek ye first. Seek ye first. Your need is about to turn into your seed. Hold that. Take that and put that in your pocket because we're going to pull it back out here in a minute. Your need is about to turn into your seed. Exodus 33, Moses says, I want to know you and then find your favor. What's interesting about this text is that God shows up to Moses and says, you found it. Moses moved nowhere. Moses did nothing else. Moses, inside of his prayer, he said, teach me your ways that I may, come on, talk with me, that I may know you and that I may find your favor. And God said, you found it. What was it that Moses prayed that caused him to find it? The word know there in the Hebrew, we understand that it means intimacy. What happens within intimacy? I know the world's teaching all kinds of stuff about intimacy. And we're just going to leave that for your pastor to go to. But we know, we know that in intimacy, in order to produce a child, something has to be released. What is it? Seed. That seed has to be released in order to produce something inside of the womb. So the seek intimacy gives the seed in order to reap a harvest. Ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and ye shall find. But seek first the kingdom of God and all this harvest shall be added to you. So my need put me in a position to be intimate and so my need became my time with the Lord but it also became the seed that I need to get out of my need. My harvest is tied up in intimacy. God is less concerned about where you're going and most concerned about who you're becoming. God is not concerned with your occupation. You pastor so-and-so, bishop so-and-so, apostles. God, does, God is, is less concerned with that, with that and most concerned with you are son and you are daughter. And I simply want time with you. You will always be frustrated looking for a harvest where there is no seed. Well, Pastor so-and-so is getting blessed. When's the last time you got on the carpet? Can we just tell the truth and shame the devil? 
Come on. Well, so-and-so, they got this car and this house and their family's doing good. And I'm frustrated because I've been striving and I've been working and I've got no days off. You will always be frustrated looking for a harvest when you don't have the seed of intimacy. So our need will never advance until it becomes a seek. The issue is, people, in today's world, we feel like we need to complain. We need to worry. We need to doubt. You don't need to do anything but seek. You need to seek. Now, you have to be careful that you don't exit the cycle of favor here. This is a little extra. False gods, told you I don't spell well. I can't even spell God, that's terrible. <laughs> False gods are idols. Because if you're not careful, you will turn this need into seeking things outside of the will of God. And then you find yourself dabbling in witchcraft and rebellion because you've been seeking the world to affirm something that the world cannot affirm. You have a heavenly calling that this world cannot put its affirmation on. So when you are in a need, the need puts you inside of the cycle of God's favor, only to seek him to get the seed of heaven in order to bring forth God's will here on the earth. It has been my need that has increased my prayer life. Let's be real plain here. It's been my need that it's, in, I, I worship, I'm crazy at worship. I can't sing worth a lick, but I'll sing. I'm, I'm one of them preachers that ad-lib like they can sing down there like I'm the worship leader. We want you more and more, and I'll be down there more and more, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, Hey, I'm not doing all this. I'm not doing all this stuff. All this. I can't even sing. I love to worship because in my need, it has brought me to my seek, and I've worshipped greater than I've ever worshipped before when I had a need. I'll tell you, when we first planted the church, Pastor John, I don't know if you know this, but we were a couple years into it, and how can I make a long story short? There wasn't much that we had there. We were planting the church, and, and, um, and my son, my second son was born, Judah. So I got Jaden, Judah, and Jordan, and I'm Jeremy. And so when my wife gets on to us, she just says, boys. I know that includes me. Um, but I remember early on, we were planting the church. Um, my second son was born, and his plates were fused together in his head, and they said, the doctor literally looked at me and said, he may never call your name. And I said, but, but I've been fasting I've been praying. I've been submitted up under my spiritual father, which is Apostle Jim Rayleigh, and some of you may know him and love him so very much. I've done everything that you've asked me to do, and now we're over here planning a church in a middle school with about 21 people, and life's falling apart. And I was a little bit upset with God. And every month we're at the neurosurgeon, at Nemours, neurosurgeon, neurosurgeon every month. And they're saying, I don't know, we may have to crack his skull open. And I'm struggling as a father, even connecting to my own son. And at times I'm even ashamed to admit this. I was struggling. I, I'm preaching on Sunday, but I'm struggling connecting to my son on Monday. 
Eight months later, and I mean, I, we would worship and we were praising, and I mean, we were putting olive oil and squirt guns and just all over the house, just. Eight months later, miracle. Doctor said, oh, they broke apart. They broke apart. His brain's gonna develop now. And I, I mean, we are through the roof excited. Two weeks later, a family that we had adopted in the church whose father died of a heart attack, they had somebody graduating. Two weeks later, went to their house. Now my oldest son is at the house. He gets attacked by their dog. Not just attacked, but had to go under for an hour and a half, two hours worth of plastic surgery, completely ripped this side of his face completely off. I mean, you could see his... 60-something stitches later, grafting fat into, and I'm literally holding him. He's bleeding out. It came within a quarter of an inch of his carotid. He's bleeding out in my arms. I'm sitting in a CVS parking lot, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost, and I'm screaming in the Holy Ghost, and, I, and, I lit- and so we get home, and his face is just completely mangled, and I went outside, and I put the tailgate of my truck down like an old country music song, and it's raining. And I'm sitting in the rain, and I'm screaming, God, you have left us. I got to preach that Sunday. It's Pentecost Sunday. And y'all know that in in our Pentecostal world, we got to preach on the Holy Ghost on Pentecost Sunday. And I said, God, I'm not preaching. I I called Apostle Rayleigh. I said, you better get somebody over here to preach because I'm done. I'm packing my bags, and I'm going back to Nashville. He said, son, pray about it. I said, I have been. And God's left us. And I'll never forget, I heard a voice say, son, I heard the voice, first time I'd ever heard the audible voice of God, you were my son before you were their father. You were mine before you belonged to your wife. And in that moment, I began to get on my face and seek God like I had never sought him before. I began to weep and I began to cry and I began to lift up his name. And from that place, I turned into a worshiper that is how I were. I was on my knees today because God's been too good to me not to give him my very best. I sweat like this and dance like this and shout like this. I'm so passionate because God has been too good to me and he's been too faithful to me. I have an understanding that my need led me to a seek which kept me inside the cycle of favor. Now, number three and four, let's move on. We got, what, 11.30 tonight? I'm gonna put these next two together. I think that's how you spell preparation. We have the preparation and we have the poor. This is where we often get confused on what our role is inside of the cycle of favor. We get frustrated because we try to force the poor instead of embrace the preparation. We try to force the poor instead of embrace the preparation. Watch what Revelation 19 says. The Bible says, let us rejoice Exalt, give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his bride has done what? Has made herself ready. So preparation is our part, pouring is God's part. 
2 Kings chapter 3, verse 16. Watch this. I'm just going to show you a little bit more biblical evidence. And he said, Thus saith the Lord, make this valley full of ditches. Somebody say, prepare. For thus saith the Lord, you you shall not see wind, and neither shall you see rain. Yet that valley shall be filled with water, that ye may drink both you and your cattle and your beasts. And this is but a light thing. I try to tell you, it's normal. This is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. In other words, God said, I want to take the pressure off of you. I want to see somebody get set free tonight. You don't have to produce the water. You don't have to produce the money. You don't have to produce the salvation. You don't have to produce the miracle. You don't have to produce. I want to take that pressure completely off of you. Your job is not to pour. Your job is to make sure you're prepared. You are the womb. You are not the seed. So therefore, you don't have the responsibility of the seed. It's God's job to do the pouring and your job to prepare. Because let me tell you something. God doesn't waste miracles and he doesn't break people. So he's only going to pour out what the wineskin can actually handle because he won't pour fresh wine inside of an old wine skin. So your job is not to do any of the pouring. You don't have to manifest fake miracles. I want to take the pressure off of you, Dad. You don't have to do it. You honor God, prepare yourself, and God will pour it out over your life. And trust me, God doesn't not feel what has been prepared. Whatever is prepared, God will fill. Your supernatural dig determines God's supernatural pour. Somebody push your neighbor and say, it's ditch digging time. It's ditch digging time. Now watch, Ephesians 3.20, the Bible says, now unto him that's able to do. No, 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 stop right there. Do. Aren't you thankful that you serve a God that's able to do? Has God ever done anything for you? Has he proven to you that he can do? So then why in the world are you stressing today? He's proven it before, and what he did before, he'll do it again. I heard the Lord say the supernatural is hitting this house. Just make sure your vessel's ready. Make sure your vessel's ready. Prepare that there's new wine. I feel this coming to this house, coming upon this staff, coming upon your marriages first. Every, every staff member, hear me. It's coming over your marriages. It's coming over your children. There is fresh wine getting ready to pour. Make sure that your vessel is ready. You ought to thank God for that because whatever comes on Pastor Johnny and Pastor Jamie floods out over this house. So, Lord, we say prepare our, help us prepare our vessels for the pouring that you're sending. Now watch, pouring is what God does that you can, this is what you can measure, okay? This is what you knew to pray for. This is what you cried out to God for. This is the answered prayer that you knew to pray. This is the testimony. How many of you, how many of you grew up in old time church? Y'all remember testimony Sundays? 42 hour long services. This is where you got your testimony because you knew to pray. You prayed for that to happen, that miracle with your business, that, that miracle with your finances, that miracle with your health. You prayed for it and it happened. This is God pouring it out. But this is where you have to be very, very careful because this is where most people exit the cycle of favor. This is, where most, this is what happens for most people. I've seen it in church. And there's one way you can stay on it. Because when you get what you prayed for and you can measure it, 
even in a spiritual matter, you can become prideful. I prayed for that. I prayed for that six months ago when God did it. I prayed for that two years ago when God did it. I prayed for that. I fasted for that. I did this. And all of a sudden now you are exiting the cycle of favor in the middle of a blessing. So you got two choices. You can either go pride or you can go praise. Pride will kick you off of the cycle of favor because God's not going to bless somebody that's going to take credit for it. So if God can't trust you to give him the glory, God's not going to keep blessing you. Your blessing was a test to see if you will reflect the glory or accept the glory. And the moment you get prideful with what God's doing, you will get yourself outside of the cycle of favor. But if you will stop and praise God, if you will stop and thank God, then you will stay inside of God cycle of favor. Come on, somebody give the Lord praise. Now, I know there's some of you here in the front row, y'all like to have church with me. I can hear y'all down here. You wanted to finish that scripture, so let's finish that scripture. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20. Now unto him that's able to do, are you ready? Exceeding, abundant, above all. Uh-oh. Go ahead, keep reading it. Above all. So if pouring is what you knew to measure, if pouring is what you knew to pray for, pouring is just the brim. Pouring is just the top of the cup. Overflow is everything you didn't know to pray for. Everything that you didn't know to ask God for. Everything that you didn't know to beg for. I know you cried for three days straight on the carpet and you stained the tears with the carpet with your tears. But there were some things that you didn't know to pray for. There were some things that you didn't know to ask for. And thank God for the prayers he didn't answer. This is everything that you didn't know to pray for. Overflow is everything that is above and beyond what you know how to measure or what you know how. It's going to be bigger than you think it is. It's going to be greater than you think it is. It's more than you prayed for. It's more than mama told you. It's more than daddy told you. It's more than what your friends think. It's bigger. It is greater. And God's going to get the glory for it. What God is going to do in this house in this season before you're 55, is going to be unmeasurable. Unmeasurable. You're going to have to stop certain analytics and charts because it's going to be beyond the ability to even measure. It's going to be so great. As a father in this city, it is going to be beyond what you can measure. Overflow is the outpouring of an unstoppable God in an unworthy vessel. This is what overflow is. And when God shows up, I told you I'm a little bit old school preacher, so I go from Genesis to Revelation every time I preach. So in Genesis, God, God tells Abraham, I'm about ready to close this thing up. Get ready for some sweet Jesus music back here. Okay. God shows up to Abraham, 99 years old. Abraham has a promise to be a father. It is absolutely impossible. God comes to Abraham and introduces himself, gives him his name. And he says, verse, chapter 17, verse 1, I am God Almighty. He uses the Hebrew word El Shaddai. He doesn't introduce himself as the God of enough. He introduces himself as El Shaddai. 
I am the God of more than enough. In other words, Abraham, I need to remind you that I am the God of your overflow. Not only am I the God of poor. See, if I had given this to you at 35 years old, you might could have taken credit for it. But now, this is where we call overflow because you weren't even thinking about praying for this child. You weren't even thinking about having this child. You weren't even thinking about starting that business. You thought there was no way this thing could happen. There was no way you could be that blessed after all you went through. There was no way. But he is El Shaddai. He is the God of more than enough. And God is not limited by your ability. God said, it's not about your ability. I just want your availability. That's all I want. I just want to know, are you available? I hear the Lord saying in this house, I'm looking for some wombs that are available to handle what I want to send to this city and what I want to send to your family. I wonder if there's anybody in the room tonight that'll say, Lord, I'm available. Come on, anybody in the room tonight that'll say, I'm available. I believe that what God is about to do in the earth is going to shake homes, it's going to shake families, it's going to shake cities, it's going to shake regions. Devils that you've been fighting for years are about to surrender to the favor of God. Things that you've been wrestling with for a long time are about to surrender underneath the favor of God. And let me tell you, church, God has no desire to take you off of the cycle of favor. God wants to bring you from glory to glory to glory. Moses perpetually went up and saw the glory of God veiled and then unveiled before the people. And the Bible said that his face was, was radiant when he was, something about him showed that he had been underneath the favor of God. And God never wants to remove you from this cycle of favor. What God's about to do is going to shake everything you've ever known. God is looking for wounds that'll say, I'm ready, bring the overflow. God is looking for a people that will say, if you're looking, you don't have to look any further. I won't take the credit. When you finally come through for my family, I won't take the credit. When you finally come through in my job, I won't take the credit. When I tear those divorce papers up, I won't take the credit. God, when you do it, when you fill this building four and five times over, we will not take the credit. When there's a generational revival that is so great in this house that it puts pressure on the adults to praise in a fresh way and it comes from the young people, you won't be able to say that I did it. God is getting ready to do something so significant in Central Florida that no preacher, no apostle, no bishop is going to be able to take credit for it. This is why it requires us to come together as churches. That's why first Wednesday, Pastor Johnny having local pastors come in here and preach is such a big deal. You may not even realize it, but in the preacher world, it takes a secure leader to have somebody in your city come in the pulpit and preach. But Johnny understands, Pastor Johnny knows, this is not about our empire. This is about the kingdom of God. I'm tired of playing games with the devil. I want to stay on the cycle of favor. You can talk about me if you want to. Say what you want. I know I'm crazy. I know I'm wild. But I want to stay in the favor of God. Oh, Jesus. I want to stay right there. So, Lord, if you're looking, I'm here. If you're looking, there's a church here. But we're not done. We're not done. We're not done. Because overflow's not it. Somehow you gotta stay on this cycle. And this is where I feel like I am right now. This is where I feel like I am in my life. Somewhere you're on this. You can go through this cycle in a year. 
you can go through this cycle in a day. You can go through this cycle in a minute. Or the way my mind is, I can run through this in a minute. It could be a decade. But somewhere you're on this cycle of favor. And this is where I feel like I am. Our church, our family, we went through a lot where as a church we were homeless. To make a long story short, we needed a permanent home. We were portable. And now God has blessed us and we've moved into seven and a half, eight million dollar facility and property and we thank God for that. But um, I, I, really, I really mean this that at the end of the day, like at the core of my soul, like I'm really just an old country boy. And, and uh, I really just love Jesus. Um, and I find myself very often in that sanctuary weeping on the floor and I'll say this Lord this is too much I don't know how to lead this growing staff this way I don't feel like I'm that good of a leader I don't feel like I'm that good of a preacher it's all prideful stuff but I say it to the Lord anyways I don't feel like I'm that good of a communicator I don't feel like I can do these things I, I struggle with comparing myself I struggle with insecurity I had to battle through bouts of depression now, can I just be honest with you and not try to pretend like I'm a preacher that's got everything all figured out I find myself inside of a place where I'm saying Lord this is absolutely too much for me I cannot handle this I can not do this but guess what this is the phase that keeps you on the cycle of favor because guess what you got now now you got a need once again and that need led, led you to a di deeper level of pursuit and from that pursuit you prepared for the next pouring and then it poured out and then overflow happened again and you said Lord this is too much guess what I'm back here again Lord I need you Lord I'm desperate for you Lord I'm seeking after you now I'm getting prepared and now You've gone from glory to glory and never exiting the cycle of favor. Come on, somebody give God praise in this house. If you know God's been good, if you know God's been faithful, come on, lift your hands across this place and just begin to declare his goodness. Say, Lord, for the Lord is good. good and his love yes, the Lord. Yes, the
we'll say it for the Lord. Here's what I came to declare over this house. I want to be very clear that I, I would love to lay hands on everybody that's in this room tonight. But I want you to know that the power of God doesn't need the hands of a man. It's tangible and transferable. So here's what the Lord's going to do tonight. Tonight, God's favor is about to fall on business owners. Okay, if you're a business owner, raise your hand. I, I heard the Lord in prayer, business owners. God's favor is going to fall on prodigal children. That was the second thing. Prodigal children. If you're a mother or a father and you've got a, a son or a daughter that's left the Lord, raise your hand. Raise your hand that this is your need. Keep seeking. You keep getting ready for them to come back home. Get ready to forgive. Be ready to forgive when they come back. Be ready to forget everything they've ever done. This is your preparation. God's going to pour it and bring overflow. Not only are they going to come home, but they're going to end up preaching the gospel. That's going to be your overflow. Business owners, kingdom business owners, prodigal children, and God's favor over a struggling marriage. With every head bowed, I close in this room. If you're in this room, and I want to very strongly pray this, and I'm going to turn this over to Pastor Johnny, but I want to cover the home. I hear the Holy Spirit right now say, cover the home. If you're in this room and your marriage is struggling, it's going to require some guts right now in faith. But I want you to lift your hands on the count of three. One, two, three, lift your hand. Now I'm going to ask you to do something significant where you step out in the aisle. Just step out into the aisle. Step out in the aisle. If you know your marriage is on the brink of divorce, raise your hand. Be honest. Jesus. What America needs is a strong home. What America needs are mothers and fathers that understand first their sons and daughters. God's favor is about to fall on your marriage. And we're going to pray this prayer. This is where it's coming. It's coming inside of this prayer. Lord, teach me your ways that I may know you and then I can find your favor. Lord, let me know you, then my marriage will be healed. Let me know you and then they'll bring restoration. Let me know you and then there'll be healing. But first, this is not about just putting a marriage back together. This is about putting you back together. It's about putting you back together. So lift your hands and say, Lord, teach me your ways that I may know you and that I may find your favor. Say, Lord, I renounce every curse that I've spoken over my spouse. I renounce every demonic thing that I've allowed into our marriage and into our home. Jesus, thank you for my spouse. Thank you for giving me, and then call their name out. Help me steward what you've placed in my hands. And may your favor pour upon it. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you enjoyed listening to the Faith Assembly podcast. Thank you for joining us in pursuit of growing closer to Christ. Stay tuned for more messages released every week. God bless.